Good morning and welcome to Wednesday morning, May the 24th in 2023 on When I Rise. Today we continue year A, day of Pentecost, and on the Wednesday of the week, I'd like to pick up one of the extra passages, which comes to us from this week from the Revised Common Lectionary, and this week of the church's calendar year, and we have a couple different Gospels, but we got to get to Acts chapter 2 at some point, so let's go to Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 21. So let me read that passage, provide a couple points for reflection, and then we'll spend our time praying along the theme that we find there. Thanks for making us part of your morning on When I Rise. Let's allow our souls to rise and meet God together in a time of prayer. Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 21. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as of fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak in other languages, as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at this sound the crowd gathered and was bewildered because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear, each of us, in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, the residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Phygria, and Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya, belonging to Cyrene and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs, in our own languages, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others sneered and said, They are filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them. Men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you, and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk, as you suppose, for it's only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even upon my slaves, both men and women, in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show portents in the heaven above, and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and smoky mist. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. This is the word of God for us. I came across this quotation from the ever-clever Oscar Wilde. Uh, some that are... <laughs> Some, some may not find him very engaging, others might. Um, nevertheless, he says, if you want to tell people the truth, make them laugh. Otherwise, they'll kill you. Uh, interesting idea. But once said, like, comedy is truth that comes at you in a rate that you can't anticipate or maybe it's coming too quickly, right? And so uh, our first response is to laugh, maybe even to sneer, as uh, Luke mentions here in Acts chapter 2. And there's so much that we could say about this story, and many images probably going to the surface I, I know a ton of questions if we have our if we have our thinking cap on a ton of questions like why the tongues of fire and um, why on this day and um, 
What's the importance of Joel being referenced in Psalm 16 and towards the end of the story? Why is it important that 3,000 people are added to the number that day? I mean, all these things, all these questions, right? Uh, I just love the, the story of Pentecost. It's a story that uh, when we come to it, we find something new, right? It's like a diadem and we twist it in the light and something new flashes before our eyes. Um, but at the heart of it, there seems to be this on amazement and this confusion, um, right? So it's not straightforward. It's like a truth at a slant, um, maybe with some hilarity, maybe somebody even say some absurdity. But it seemed to make the um, the difficult truth go down a whole lot easier. Um, I was thinking through this as I'm reading some stuff on the side. So um, there is this uh, category of thought. It's in literature. It's also in church life, particularly in the Eastern Orthodox tradition, called Fools for Christ of the Euro DV, um, the, the holy fool. You know, someone who is humble, someone who is kind, uh, someone who takes us aback, who does stuff that we can't quite calculate. We'd like to dismiss them, but we can't because there seems to be something so good and so wise about who they are. Uh, they're not demonstrative. They're not demanding people to follow them. You know, it's always an open invitation. They have charisma. They also have some weirdness, and some awkwardness. Uh, I think of um, a quotation. I think it came from, uh, I forget who the author was, but it's a, a lady from the church in Memphis used to always say it and love it. Uh, she said that the tr- you, know, you shall know the truth and the truth will make you odd. Isn't that awesome? I mean, like, isn't that the truth that, like, many of us uh, maybe grew up in the church. Some of us probably came into Christianity later in life, and uh, we started turning up around our friends after we became Christian. And they would probably recognize we're the same person, but there's also something kind of bizarre about us, right? Um, it's made us odd. And I don't know, I mean, anything else about this story that well, we could say, uh, we could debate, we could discuss, we can, you know, come to different sides on different things, right? This is an odd story. And the early church is very odd looking in the story. And it probably made some of them laugh. And maybe that laughter and maybe, you know, because all the ends didn't meet up, maybe it allowed people to wrestle and grapple with its truth from the story. Um, One of the things that comes to my mind when I think of Pentecost this year is just when I read this story, I think about and all these different people. I mean, they're they are um, pilgrims, uh, Jewish pilgrims from all different parts of the world. And uh, they're coming to Pentecost, and uh, sure, the Jews would love you to turn up. No matter where you were, they would love you to turn up from time to time in Jerusalem, uh, almost like to renew your faith and to be among the people of God. Holidays were obviously the best time to go do that. And there would have been a lot of travel travelers to Pentecost, Shavuot, which is uh, 50 days after the Passover, right? And so they were there. But I just, I just marvel at all these languages that are spoken and all of the truth that's being said to this wide, diverse group of people, right? And from this like group of Galileans who are unimpressive. A couple chapters later, uh, the religious rulers who are putting them on trial call them uneducated and ordinary people. Uh, go back to the Greek language there, it's the word idiotes, and you can fill in the blank of what English word kind of correlates with that Greek word and from that Latin. So um, these are just unimpressive people. Um, there's something like a, almost a folly about who they are, but nevertheless, their message gained traction. And just made me think of like how I marvel at the church. I mean, the church wakes up today. Um, we're hours ahead of others, and others have been hours ahead of us on this day. And uh, they've reckoned with God. They've allowed their soul to rise and meet God. They've chosen to face Jesus and say, Jesus, I want to make much of you today. And uh, on the one hand, like there's many of us all over the world, rich, poor, um, 
people in communist countries, people in uh, libertarian free will, uh, you know, marketplaces like ours, right? I mean, it's just a... I mean, all of us are scattered all over the place. Um, some of us are marginalized. Some of us have more power, right? Um, some of us had missionaries come to our country. Others sent missionaries to foreign countries, right? Like we have uh, impressive buildings and we have, uh, we're meeting in secret. Like this is, you know, this picture of the church in Acts 2 is the picture of the church today. I think on the other side of that coin though, is that I think we're having a hard time having traction with more and more people. I mean, stats come out. Uh, it seems to be pretty easy to pick on the church. Um, at the time of this recording, I've got this longer conversation going on with some friends of the podcast who are watching, oh, some exposés and some uh, docu-series um, about big churches, popular churches out there, and uh, things are being uncovered uh, that are just not so pleasant and pleasing, right? Um, just today at the time of this recording, um, thousands of children are reported to be abused by church leaders in the state of Illinois, and it's all being... Uh, displayed so that there can be a reckoning, right? I mean, so we um, it just seems to like things that we do, and then maybe things that we left, leave undone, and ways in which uh, there's some misconceptions about the church, and then things that people actually see quite clearly that just aren't so pretty right now. And uh, I just yearn to have attraction with the wider world, like the early church had in Acts chapter two. Um, I had a pr- professor once who said the marvel of Acts two is not the speaking of the tongues by the Galileans, it's the hearing of the multitude out on the streets of Jerusalem. And what I yearn for is for the gospel, this beautiful story of God, to be broadcast far and wide and for more and more people, all different types of people, to want to be included in that story. Um, That's going to be my prayer this Pentecost week, is that we would have this great audience once again, and not so that people can consider us to be impressive. First church wasn't impressive but they were in awe of what God was doing. And I hope that at the end of the day, as we continue to follow Jesus and discover faithfulness, what it looks like in our era of the church, that people would be amazed by this beautiful story that they would want to choose to follow this God that we serve. So with those things in mind, let's pray to our God this morning. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we rejoice because you've included us in your story, a story that started all the way back in Palestine several centuries ago, and it made its way across the globe like waves. And um, it took, took different shapes as church the church expanded and grew over time. And we think that uh, you put ordinary people in our path who were able to befriend us, love us, and uh, share what meant the most to them, and now it means the most to us. We just marvel at that great mystery, and we thank you that you continue on because the story is not completed. You continue to write new chapters and go to new lands, and you continue to raise up new leaders, and you continue to uh, reckon with things that are out of sorts with your people. And on the one hand, God, we marvel at all that you're doing, and all all that you've done in church history, how you've made this worldwide family. God, we also grieve and we um, confess that we've added to the hindrances of people to hear this story, and so we crave to have. Um, a book of Acts chapter 2 type of experience once again, where uh, something beyond our gifting and our ability is displayed and um, that people marvel about who you are and that um, through our ordinary means, uh, would you allow grace to reach out to people and have them included in this great story. So God, we go to ordinary jobs in schools and you know, community networks and friendships and 
random you know connections today we've got all the stuff going on and so we just pray that somehow some way at least once would people be able to see Jesus in our lives and because of that may they know grace as we've come to know grace so God we love you help us today we ask in Jesus' name amen <laughs>